Welcome to the Big Hairy Podcast by clean beauty brand The Beauty Works, the podcast that explores hair and the meaningful ways it's linked to identity, culture, ethnicity and gender. I'm Sarah Kayward and today I'll be joined by queer, gender non-conforming journalist Caroline Barry, who was in the closet with long hair for years before proudly shaving it all off to claim their identity. I had almost waist length hair at that point and I walked into a salon in Beeston called Mirror Mirror and just went shave it. We'll also be joined by a green haired gender fluid performer who transforms into temptress drag queen Lolo Brown. As long as I can remember my hair has been green even though it wasn't. It was something I've wanted for as long as I was a little person and I've always, always, always desperately wanted really vibrant green hair. We'll be talking haircuts. Well, the, the first thing I felt was cold because when you get your head shaved <laughs> yeah. after having, you know, waist length hair, the first thing you're like, oh, pubic hair. Can't you just bleach your pubes though? Yeah, you bleach your pubes and then you put the green on top. However, it goes from, and I'm sure Carolina's experiences, it goes from emerald to swamp very, very quickly. So it just looked like kind of Shrek had been going down on me for the last four hours. And when colour goes wrong. Looking like someone's murdered the green goblin. This is an episode you don't want to miss. So let's meet these fabulous people. Welcome, Caroline and Lolo. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, grand. Ticking over. Same shit, different toilet. (laughs) I'm just going to say, awesome greenness happening from both of you in the hair department. So we're going to have to, I'll have to take a little photo so we can share that when the podcast goes out. But it's gorgeous. Loving it all. And I've got the pink. So we look some sort of unicorn fabulous. What do you reckon? Oh, I think we look delicious. I think we look like the Joker combination we always needed. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So today with you guys, thank you so much for joining us, by the way. And we're going to be talking really about hair identity within gender and the LGBTQIA plus community as well. You know, I'm I'm a 49 year old married with two kids. So take me on a journey, please. (laughs) Um, But first of all, uh, can you just talk us through LGBTQIA plus because I know most of them, but I am slightly ignorant and I don't want to be. Sure. I mean, L, lesbian, B, bisexual. Yeah. G, gay, T, trans. I, intersex, A, asexual. Have I forgotten any (laughs) in the lineup? Q's queer, isn't it? Q's queer. queer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the only ones, so the ones I didn't know were the IA. So that's intersex and Mm -hmm. asexual. Right. Okay. And then plus is everything else really, isn't it? Anything Mm -hmm. that comes into there. So I really want to ask how and why has your hair been so interconnected with your gender or your choices of gender? I I grew up in rural West Cork where, I mean, basically mm-hmm. there was a village that had a pub and a post office. That was it. There wasn't really mm-hmm. any LGBT people around. Um, I didn't know anybody. You know, I got into dyeing my hair, but as for cutting it short, you know, hadn't ever thought about it, hadn't ever questioned uh, my sexuality or, or anything. When I went to our college and in later years, I started to meet other people that were L, B, T, you know, all of them. And um, I I still kept my hair long and I wasn't really ready to, Mm. to properly come out. And when I sort of decided enough is enough, I'm actually gonna live my truth and actually do something about this, I had almost waist length hair at that point. And I walked into a salon in Beeston called Mirror Mirror and just went, shave it. <laughs> went, really? Yep. You just... went full Britney. <laughs> not, like, not, not fully. I still kept a little tuft. <laughs> oh yeah. And also without the side of nervous breakdown. I mean, that, that had already happened at that point several times you see it is it's amazing the interconnectivity of hair and mental health and identity I mean we've already literally we're two minutes in and you know it's you, you going from really long hair to really short hair and how that was a massive metaphor for I am going to live my truth Mm-hmm. I came out shortly afterwards. Really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was cleansing. And also it gave me a 
it just fitted my personality along with the, I still kept the the bright colors and everything. And then when lockdown happened, um, I couldn't cut my hair. And that's mm-hmm. when I started to, because I had a lot of time to think about things. And I, I started to struggle with my sort of sexuality and my gender and how I was presenting and my hair got longer and longer and the more, the longer it got, the more uncomfortable I got because I felt like to look at me directly and not know me as a person, people would just go, oh, she's female. Whereas that's not how I feel. I can't believe in the 21st century that we still have such a correlation between being female with long hair. It's the bizarre, it's like, you know, my little girl is such a little girl. The idea of her cutting her hair is absolute anathema to her. And I could sort of want to say to her, you know that you can be a girl, you can be a boy, you can be non-binary, you can be whatever you want to be. This is the 21st century and your hair has very little to do with how you're identifying. But it's just, it's there. It's almost, it's, it's nature as opposed to nurture, I think, a lot of it. Yeah, it also goes the other way as well. Like um, one of the things in the LGBTQIA plus communities is that um, so much of like queer culture is associated with an aesthetic where that is wildly incorrect and that is how the outside views us. And they base Mm -hmm. our basically whether or not someone is queer based on what they look like, which is wildly incorrect. Um, Mm -hmm. So there is also this other thing, whereas people who do not prescribe to the quote unquote um stereotypical queer look who then mm-hmm. get immediately perceived as straight or cis and there is so much space for the reversal of how it's um indicated a lot of queer people who live their lives almost amongst you you would never know i know i mean i just I've, to people are people really for me it's like do do what you as long as you're not hurting anybody do what you want look how you want to look identify how you want to identify and I still can't believe in the 21st century that we are having these sorts of issues and preconceptions and stereotypes isn't it time to lose the stereotype it is but it's so far ingrained if you think about a simple queer coding that's existed within children's cartoons when we were growing up the only access to like queer looking or queer acting or effeminate actors were only allowed on our screens as villains so even in that kind of really subliminal way queer coding's always been accepted as a villainous quality as aesthetic as well. Isn't that awful? I'd never thought of it like that, Lolo. I always, because I think I'm older than you, and for me, the only way that the LGBTQIA+, you, the way you find that in the mainstream, was if it was an extremely camp man. Yes. So you're like you think... your Larry Grayson's and all that, mm. and that was the only way that it was acceptable. It was like, that was what the ignoramuses found safe. Do yeah, you know I mean, and so and, white, and... white camp men, or if you look at even things like Ursula in Little Mermaid is based oh. on a drag queen. If you look at all yeah. the villains in Disney mm-hmm. are all based on drag aesthetic, queer aesthetic I characters. Not... Even the Powerpuff Girls, the wonderful, all the villains it's, of the Powerpuff it's there, Girls. there, isn't it? I'd never thought of it before. And that's, mm. you know, that's, that's my ignorance, isn't it? So tell us actually a little bit about your alter ego and how hair plays a part in there, because I've seen a picture of you when you are Lolo Brow or complete. I mean, the is it a wig? Oh God, he has a wig. I do not have time to style my hair like that. And I shave most of it off. And why did you choose that? Any reason? Is it just that you always loved that colour? Because actually it's now synonymous with you, isn't it? That is your trademark. Would you be uh, terrified to change the colour or not? I'm, I'm always welcome to change the colour, but um, as long as I can remember, my hair is been green even though it wasn't it was something I've wanted for as long as I was a little person and I've always 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 desperately wanted really vibrant green hair um so when I left home and when I started living in London yeah I dyed it green and it was the most natural experience of my life uh, I was probably about 11 years ago now um and when I looked in the mirror I saw me when I grew up in a Catholic school and quite a conservative area it was nice to start to 
visually look like how I felt and mm-hmm. it was it was kind of weirdly tougher for my parents to get over the green hair than the tattoos or my lifestyles so I always found that really really interesting but I never saw it as part of my queerness until mm-hmm. it became a trademark as part of my look and how my character stood in the communities as a mm-hmm. queer person. So I never really associated it with being queer until the last few years where it's a lot more, I find it's a lot more normal to have colorful hair. It wasn't like that when it happened, when I dyed my hair. It was around, but I would get a lot of funny looks back in the day, but that's a decade now ago. Do you both quite, because obviously, I mean, and I, I, I've i been on the hair colour journey with both of you. I mean, I'm like, I'm a 50 year old with pink hair now. And, I'm, and, and, and you know, my daughter doesn't like it. She's eight. She's always going, when are you going to dye your hair brown, mummy? I'm like, I don't say this to her face, but I'm like, fuck that shit. Like, I do, you know, have some fun. With, we want to have fun with it. Do you think, or why do you guys think that coming out hairstyles are such a big part of proudly claiming um, a new you, a new queer identity? Why do you think that is? Why, why hair of all things? Why not tattoos or piercings? It's an easy, it's, it's an easy access point. Tattoos cost money and they hurt. Piercings, again, mm. money and it hurts. <laughs> um, and, and there is such a, a long history of it as well. I mean, the first lesbians that I saw when I started going to, you know, gay bars in Limerick in Ireland, when I, when I finally left home, you know, they all had very similar haircuts, which were, you know, the shaved and, they were all they all had short hair so mm-hmm. i think it's it's part of a subconscious thing of letting go and ushering in a new part of your life it's also you know for me as a lesbian it was part of you know fitting into that culture as well and feeling like oh this is something i'm i'm sort of meant to do i'm meant to get the short haircut and and fit in that way but also i think it's you know it it sort of signifies letting go as well. Hmm. Oh, that's really lovely. I'm like enjoying that one. In my head, oh. I was more like, it's more linked to um, punk aesthetic as well. Like queer also comes yeah. off the back of punk aesthetic. And it's like, it's a really nice nod to that as well. Mm-hmm. I think also one of the reasons it's so often found specifically in, in femme women and um, trans women, it seems to be a, a reclamation of our bodies that are sexualized against our will. Um, and mm-hmm. it's a reclamation of a, taking away what is conditioned to be conventionally attractive or sexy yeah. and turning it into something that is crafted for ourselves. Um, I mm-hmm. find that's relatively common theme. I'm not sure. I've, well, I would completely agree with that. And we get just because I, I've always, I'd love to have a pixie crop, but I've always been, I've never been brave enough because... I don't know. I do feel like my femininity is caught up in it somehow. Isn't that awful? I should just do it. Oh, no, that's a totally understandable one. We hear that all the time. Like this taking the shave or taking the cut is really, really scary. And people just forget it grows back. I know. <laughs> you can always dye it brown. Oh, God, Caroline, don't. Um, when you went uh, and had your waist length hair shaved off, was it liberating or was or was there any bit of you that was scared or sad? Because I know, you know, when, when we're children, we often, I don't know if you guys ever did have long hair when you were little and then you get that first big haircut that makes you feel really grown up and you literally go, <gasps> a bit hyperfemic as it's falling on the salon floor or the kitchen floor, depending on who did it. Was there any of that or were you just like, yes! Freedom. Well, the the first thing I felt was cold because when you get your head shaved after having, you know, waist length hair, the first thing you're like, oh, (laughs) so this is what it's like. Um, But immediately I felt, I actually felt relief. Uh, Like what Lolo was saying about the the punk aesthetic, that was another side for me. I felt like it fit in with my creative side. And also I'd like to add in as well that in terms of sort of reclaiming our look for ourselves, I agree Mm. so strongly with that. I'm a neurodiverse person who has ADHD. My Mm -hmm. entire life, I've been the awkward one, the weird one, the unusual one, or, you know, as they put it politely, the creative type. And for (laughs) me, 
going back to having because I, I used to dye my hair these colors when I was you know a, a teenager which also contributed mm. to being you know the creative type for me I won't have normal hair colors now I have given up trying to hide piercings and tattoos and all of that stuff and for you me you try to hide them don't hide them nobody should have to hide that shit well I'll tell you that now but I agree but uh employers sometimes don't so I haven't always had the most uh, supportive employers. My current ones are, you know, absolutely lovely, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Doesn't make you unqualified for a job, does it? Some people have different naughty, views. Really. <laughs> some people have very, very I know, different I mean, views. I know. Yeah, I know. And that impacted, did it? You'd be surprised. I find that some people have very negative views about the hair colours, about the shaved head, about all of it, about what I'm like as an employee, what I'm like as as a person. You know, they have these stereotypes in their head of of what you're... I've, I've had men drive past me in a car, just totally random, and hurl abuse at me because of my hair colour, to which I've then phoned my mother because, you know, God love her, she's taken a lot of phone calls like that off me. And I've almost been in tears because I feel scared. I feel you know it's quite frightening but it's not an isolated mm. incident no it's something that happens to me all the time that's all and lolo is sitting beside you on my screen like nodding and agreeing with everything and that, is that routine for you as well oh god even now it used to be a lot worse but now it mm. still goes strong it's um people make all kinds of it's it's like it's the shouting over the cross of the street and I get catcalled on a regular daily basis because, hey, I've got a Volvo. Of course I do. But um, I tend to get comments about my hair equally about any part of my body. But people seem to think it's more acceptable to shout things about my hair Mm. than it is to shout about my body because it's like, oh, it's not sexual. Really? Oh, Mm. God. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They get very offended when they don't like it. And they really don't like it when they make comments about me, me being the joker. But then they're terrified. It's a shame. Oh, because I bet there's a sharp, a sharp tongue to come back. I would hope there is. Oh, there's many. There's so many. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. There is comebacks. But then at the same time, as a queer person, there's always the fear as well. I think that's that's um, something that I experience mm. quite a lot because oh, when I've been in, in, in um, relationships with, with women, I've had a lot of comments from, um, again, I'm going to say men, and I know damn well there's... Say it, say it, it, it now, it's I'm, men. Sorry, smash, <laughs> picturing, smash the patriarchy, it's all right, I'm with you. I'm just picturing, the, the, I know there's going to be one person there going, yeah, they're not all men. But yeah, it has predominantly... With the majority, I think we can say, the majority, and it is maybe deeply ingrained, but you know, there's no excuse. Well, if, the it's, program, if it's not all men, then where are the other men not getting involved and sticking up and going, hey, listen, that's unacceptable. But anyway, that's uh, that's a rant for the ages. That's a whole other podcast, Caroline. <laughs> I know, I know. I've forgotten my original point now. <laughs> Bro, it's the safety of queerness. It's, oh, like, yes. it's like when you're cupping up your piercings and tattoos, I had the same thing. There's some yeah. environments where it's safer for me to look straighter that's less and less and sometimes that's incredibly hard because I have to go to work in full drag because I can't afford taxis and I have to get public transport and usually the places I work don't have enough space for me to get dressed two Mm. three hours before I'm going on stage so uh, there's some places where you have to make yourself just a little bit more invisible to make yourself safe Um, and Mm. that's a two and two of vulva having plus queerness it's a layer it's always intersectional enjoy it I have so much respect for you both because it's 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 something I've never had to do and it's wonderful and horrific at the same time to be educated about what you have to go through. It's funny though, Lolo, because I know like, for instance, if my, my daughter's eight and she's just at that age where she stares at anything that's like a bit different and then very loudly says, why are they, why is that? Do you know what I mean? And And I always use it as an opportunity to educate her in you know, you can look how you want to look. And I actually think that she would think you were fucking fabulous. Oh, I reckon Caroline's had this experience all the time. Kids love me. Oh yes. my God. My girlfriend mm-hmm. loves it so much. Like I walk down the street and kids look at me like I'm a bloody cartoon. They are just like, what is this magical green creature? And it's really fun to see their reactions because most of the time yeah. 
it's positive of just like and then they will scream at their parents that person has green hair and it's very 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 (laughs) there's no ill intention but what i find is there's a few different reactions that parents give either they hush them and they're like and then the other one is that they will make me explain to them why i have green hair which isn't the appropriate reaction a lot of parents think that's the appropriate reaction but it's not the next one is my favorite one which is most people now turn around and be like they do isn't that great? <laughs> Just like, yes. That, I, well, I, I mean, I would probably go, I think it looks amazing. <laughs> Which, I mean, let's go over and dye our hair. Genuinely, I, I remember the first time I saw people with brightly coloured hair and I remember where I was. Mm-hmm. It's one of my, it is actually, and I swear I'm not putting this on one of my earliest memories as a child. And I remember doing that thing where I turned to my mother and I mean, it was, we're talking like, sort of late 80s early 90s and I I was on holiday in the UK and I remember turning to my mother and going oh oh my god it was it was goths with like you know mohawks and everything and I was like this is unreal (laughs) were you like I want that that thing that's what I'm gonna do when I can yeah I, I did end up being that mohawked person. I had a mohawk for a good couple of years uh, that I used to use PVA glue to get it to stand on. Ah, oh, nice. Surely, so- isn't there something... Isn't there something better than that? I mean, I bet that's what they used in 1976, but... Old punk isn't trick. there something... It's all, PVA yeah. glue oh, really? or, or soap is the other one. Yeah, that's, that's but the soap thing. goes all white in it, doesn't it, when it dries? Mm. No, no, if you it's get not. it nice and thick, it's the same as PVA glue. It's just, it's you've got to use old, really basic, basic, basic soap. Nothing with fragrances or anything like that. Bit of coal tar. Yeah. I do think within the queer arena, sometimes people think that, that certain things like having short hair are done as uniformity. Just to sort of like, it's almost like to be part of that tribe. And I don't think anybody ever stops. I certainly have been guilty of thinking that in the past. But actually, everybody's just doing it for themselves. Yeah, in agreement. Mm -hmm. But going back to the long hair, Caroline, it is quite unusual to see lesbians with long hair. Do you think there's a reason for that? I mean, obviously there are, but more often than not, short hair seems to be what is favoured or is that still true because that used to be true and and why do you think so if it is I think there's a lot more diversity out there in terms of the way that queer women choose to have their hair and their aesthetic basically what they're what they're choosing to do Mm -hmm. oh I suppose going back to when there was less Facebook and and Instagram and and Twitter and all the things that you know and it was very hard to meet people and I think maybe maybe that's potentially where the thing of having short hair and, you know, because I, I know for me. So you could identify across the street, maybe. Potentially, yeah? yes. I mean, you know, there right. are certain things that sort of fit into the stereotypes, but I think I think it's it's gone now, I think. Maybe not entirely because, you know, I I still do feel a little bit of that pressure to have shorter hair which I I certainly felt in lockdown when I started growing it I start I really struggled with that but I think certainly I mean all you have to do is go on Instagram and and look at the amazing array of very out people that are living their truth with short hair long hair no hair it's Mm. brilliant yeah, yeah. I, I think I completely agree. I think I think there's a stereotype about short hair and especially if it's something where you feel that you feel you've seen more lesbians with short hair, I, I kind of almost guarantee that you just haven't realised that the, the femme creatures with long hair are gay. Absolutely, I'm sure. And I'm sure that I'm definitely one of those ignoramuses as well. And I'm determined to change that. Take a shower with the Beauty Works and find out why it's making waves in the hair and beauty industry. And whatever hair type you have, they've got you covered. For flat and lifeless hair, try the Retinol Vitamin A Volumizing Shampoo and Conditioner Duo. It moisturizes and conditions the hair shaft, detangles, cares for the scalp and is vegan friendly, while the Vitamin A promotes volume and shine. If you've got dry and damaged hair, the Collagen Vitamin C Strengthening Shampoo and Conditioner are for you. An intense hydrating and soothing duo which clean and detangle. The Vitamin C stimulates collagen production and the formula repairs hair surface, increases moisture and cares for the scalp. And why not follow up with one of their trio of hair masks? 
all designed to be left in overnight, leaving you with shiny, detangled and lightly perfumed hair in the morning. Join the Beautyworks revolution by visiting thebeautyworks.co.uk or follow them on Instagram at thebeautyworks. That's the Beautyworks with an X. Uh, so, are you growing your hair out again now, Caroline? Or are you oh. in two minds? Because where is it? Where is it now? Is it like chin length? It's kind I can't of, really tell, or is it in a ponytail? I've I've just had it cut. So it's about uh-huh. chin length. At the start of lockdown, I started growing it. I felt very mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I had a lot of questions about how I felt in myself about gender and, and sexuality and all of that sort of stuff. And I went, right, okay, I'm going to cut it. Beck it, I'm going to shave it off. Why not? So yeah. I went back to having my shave and my long tufty bit at the top and... Um, I didn't expect to miss my hair. It was really weird. I spent the whole Mm -hmm. time wanting to shave it off because I didn't feel like I was, you know, in a weird way, for lack of a better term, queer enough for my liking or or like presenting Mm -hmm. as a queer person, despite the fact that I had neon orange hair at the time, you know, which is pretty, um, (laughs) you know, this is giving enough hints on its own. So then I decided, right, okay, I'm going to I'm going to grow it. My parents were thrilled with that decision. So I went and had it actually styled for the first time. And that's difficult because, again, Mm -hmm. as a neurodiverse person, especially with ADHD, sitting still in a salon for a long period of time where I've got to make sustained, you know, level of conversation, eye contact, you know. Oh, God, yeah. That stresses me. So that's Mm -hmm. another reason why having... The shave is brilliant because you don't have to come back in and have complex layers put into your hair and bits and all the rest of it. So, yeah, we'll see if I shave it all off. We'll see if I chop it or grow it. It seems to be a reckless thing for me where I just go to hell with it one day and just walk in and demand it's all shaved off. So we'll see. I tell you what, your hair bloody grows quick. I wish mine did. Mine's (laughs) falling out. Well, the estrogen's fucked off. Uh, you just touched on something there, which I, I'd like to ask both of you about, and that you said my parents were thrilled about it. And are we all are we all still trying to please our parents? Is that is that a thing? Or I mean, because I, I've stopped wanting to do that to them, flip them the bird. But that you know, when I was younger, that's all I wanted to do. Well, I think um, with my mother in particular, the green, it wasn't a case of uh, wanting me to be a certain way or anything. A lot of it came from a fear. My mother comes from a generation where your aesthetics and your job are linked. And an idea Mm. of me running away and being a circus performer and drag queen and making a career in what I wanted to do was not accessible to her in her lifetime. So for me, dyeing my hair was such a visual risk and me having tattoos was such a visual risk for me not being able to have a stable life that she wanted for me. At times it felt like it was claustrophobic, but I can say now that looking back at it with my relationship now, it's like there's there's part of it where she is scared of the treatment that I'll receive because of it. So there is part of her that wishes I'd come home with um, long brown hair, but she also is learning to let go of that, hopefully. They want to protect their babies, ultimately. Mm. I hope, I'm hope i hoping that Caroline will say the same thing, that, you know, it's... That, or is it just parents are controlling and it's that's that? I mean, I have to say, God love my poor parents because they <laughs> have been through it. Um, I have never been the good, God-fearing Catholic Irish child that I was meant to be. They've well, had... They've, that. Oh, well, they've dealt with it all over the years. Um, <laughs> but also, you know... I I can't hide who I am. I'm I'm neurodiverse. I'm always going to be I'm always going to be like this. But also I've kind of I've lent into it. I'm covered in tattoos. I you know, my hair is green, but also I work in the cannabis industry. Do you know what I mean? I I write about drugs mm. all day for a living. And um yeah, my poor parents basically. But I I think there is a like Lolo was saying, you know, there is a part of my parents where they wish I, you know, was an accountant with long hair where base and also as a journalist they're sick of me writing about things as well which are related to, you know, growing up and <laughs> they're absolutely sick of that. So yeah, I mean, I think they've made their peace with it over the years to be fair. Well, I thank fuck for both of you, frankly. And I'm glad that you do march to the beat of your own drum. Lolo I want to talk to you about 
changing your hair? Because obviously you've got short green hair now. And when Lolo Brow makes her entrance, um, it's the big green wig. Is there anything in, in between there? Do you do you change it up a lot or not? And would, would you ever change the colour of it? Ah, God, no. I don't think I could ever change the colour of it. I strongly see myself mm. being green for a long time. Not rolling it out because I'm a horribly impulsive person due to my... ND brain and it means that one day I may just have something else but it's all fun at the moment uh I don't really wear my hair other than slick back and or unwashed well actually I asked my girlfriend about this last night I was like I don't really wear it in different ways and it's just like freshly shaved dirty or washed it's pretty much the way I have Mm. it in my everyday life but Lolo's got 10 wigs um, and... So you've just pointed to them, and now I'm like, show them to me. Oh, they're all in their boxes. Are they on the ha- wall? No, oh. no, no, no. It's really bad for wigs to have them out, so I have them tucked away in boxes, nice and safe. What? Why is that? Um, because the gravity. If you have them on a stand, the style will fall and be pulled over time, oh. and also dust will get into the glue. So it's good to have it tucked away in a box if you can. Tissue paper is your friend. So, uh, so yeah, I've got 10 wigs. They range from really long, huge, crimpy, massive things to short updos mm-hmm. that um, rock into um, wrap-ups and things like that. Um, so I have different wigs based on different costumes. I have, like, my short wigs are for when I do more things that are more dangerous, like fire-eating or anything like that. I've got more long, lavish wigs when I'm only on stage for a certain period of time and I don't have to worry about my hair getting stuck in sequins. Do you look after the wigs yourself? I mean, I worked in the West End, so I know that wigs are... They're quite high maintenance. I look after them, but I don't style them. Um, I have a few different ah. stylists uh, and they are all fantastic. Uh, so I get them styled as solidly as possible. And then I t- probably tend to get them restyled probably once every 18 months. Oh, wow. That's bonkers. And are they real hair? No, 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 no. None of my wigs are real hair. Um, the process of finding human hair and then dyeing it green is a bit long um so i have synthetic hair but it's um various different shades of green but i tend to stick with emerald it's mostly what i do i love it it's great i used to wear a wig i was in phantom of the opera donkeys years ago i used to wear a wig not dissimilar from the one i've seen lolo brow wearing but it's obviously slightly lower but it was like it was basically like a degar ballerina but it was acrylic and it used to get really matted Oh yeah, no, of course. I tend to rarely, rarely wear wigs that touch my shoulders because that's where the mats all happen. Or and also, I've been wearing them now for like ten years, so I never touch them. And anyone who comes near them, even puts their finger towards them, will lose a hand. Really? Yeah. I just love drag queen wigs. I just for me that is the whole thing for me. That's the best thing about it. When I see any drag queens, I'm all about the wigs, the hairstyles, and and because it's just so. The detail that goes into it is incredible. Mm. So do you have, sorry to kind of deep dive into it a little bit, but I'm genuinely fascinated. Is there um, somebody who works specifically, are there professionals that work specifically on drag queen wigs or is it just wiggies per se? Or is, you know, is there a whole sub genre of wigging? Yes, there is. Um, so within is there? Wow. Um, so within wigs, you are looking for wig stylists who have experience mm-hmm. working with drag queens because not only do you want it styled in certain huge styles, it's also got to be solid as fuck because we've got to wear them over and over again. These wigs aren't cheap. People don't realise these are like, you can buy them off the shelf, but they're still in the hundreds. Mm-hmm. And so we have to look after them for as long as possible. So there is a subgenre of people who specialise in drag wigs, but that's also down to a certain um, television show uh, that makes drag incredibly mainstream. I've heard it's absolutely glorious. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could tell by the tone of my voice how much I adore it. <laughs> I've um, never watched one episode. I wouldn't worry about it. You're all good. There's so many live drag competitions that like nurture drag talent. Like I just finished a season of Not Another Drag Competition, which is a live drag competition. It's like every week the contestants get a workshop with a specialist in their field. Um, mm. So it's it's constant nurturing and stuff. And is the, the, the drag world has always been so diverse and interesting and full of support. And if I see one more white man in a blonde wig calling it drag, that does not make it queer. No. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I'm sick to damn death of it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Go and have a word. Why are the fucking producers? Oh, yeah, because they um, will listen can to I, me. Can, um, <laughs> I'm listening to you, love. Thanks, I appreciate it. Uh, Caroline, I can see 
your hair and the, the, all the different colours in it and it looks <laughs> epic. It's UV light as well. <laughs> is it? It is. I, I found out last week, I went to uh, my first you know, well, what passes for a club night when you're over 35. But I had no idea it was it glowed under UV light. And I, ab- yeah, I nearly, absolutely nearly fainted. I took a <laughs> selfie and then looked oh, at it afterwards amazing. and I went, oh, my God, how long has that been happening? So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's it the blue really... that's mixed into the green. It's a UV conductor. I can't remember what it's called, but it'll always spark, which is gorgeous. That's amazing. Oh my God. That's a- and, and do you just on this, because it's all different colors. Is that sometimes you can have like a happy accident of that where you put one color on it and bits like mine is all, often all different colors because the pink grabs some bits stronger than others. Or have you, have you done that deliberately? And do, do you do your color yourself? Yes. Um, apart from my most recent cut, I normally do everything myself because, again, I, I can't bear sitting still for a long period of time. And I change my hair so often that it financially makes sense for me to do it myself. So most mm. of the time, a lot of the colours that I go are on purpose. <laughs> However, saying yeah. that... I the odd happy accident. At the moment, this is very much a happy accident because I went a very intense sort of royal blue, kind of neon blue color in June for my for my birthday. And big mistake, big mistake. Mm. I cannot get it out of my hair for love nor money. So I can't color over it. I can't change it. So that probably means another head shave is coming. (laughs) When we were in lockdown, went deep into lockdown, I remember ringing my hair just so obviously the roots were getting really long and a lot of older women decided to grow in their grey. I am not that woman. <laughs> but I rang my hair just so and I was like, what can I do to try and detract from the roots? He was like, he, he said, mess about with some crazy colours, which is why, where this sort of came about, The kind because of, I really like the pastel colours. I know they're a bit trendy, but I actually really like them. And he said... Pinks and purples, Sarah. He said, don't go blue or green. I will not be able to get it out when you come back to me. So uh, good advice from Dan there. And uh, and so another head check. But it's, I mean, it's a really neat little bob. We'll have to make sure we get pictures up to accompany the podcast. It looks lovely. And Lolo as well. That, that you see, that is the kind of short hairdo that I would really love to try and just don't have the balls. And now I think I'm too old in the face. I think you've got to have young lovely clear skin that's absolute bollocks um, I know but I just don't want to look like Judy Dench it's not a pixie cut it's a shave side I've gone for a, a daddy oh, is style it? I can't yeah just, it's alright I've got the headphones on you're all good um, uh, but yeah. uh, that's absolute dog shite I won't have any of it. I appreciate that we are conforming to a patriarchal society that tells us that we are not allowed things of a certain age. But if you want damn short hair you should just enjoy it have a lovely time worst comes worst grow it out or wear a hat there is a pressure I do agree with Lolo there is a pressure to because I'm I feel it occasionally but there is a pressure to just conform a little bit more as you get older and life's too short for it Mm. you know if you want the mad hair if you want the hair colors just feckin do it I tell you what it is and I don't know whether because I think probably you're both slightly braver than me I think you have to be I think to be queer you've got to basically be fucking brave um but for me if I hated it I would be miserable all day, every day. Have you both, either of you, ever had a hairdo that you've gone, has it just been a day of, oh, well, that was probably a mistake. It'll grow. Because you've both been like, it just grows. Or have you done things that you've gone, oh, now I've got to fucking live with this until it grows out. And I hate it. Bowl no, cut as a child. Ah, good. But bowl cuts are in now. What was it as a child? A bowl cut. But this, no. this is it. I, you know, mullets are in at the oh moment, God, which I, I think... I was just going to say, I kind of want one. I, no, they're amazing. <laughs> but it's one of those things that every time I see it, I have to do a double take being like, is that a, is, is that a mullet? And then you're like, okay, yes. It's a mullet. I want one so badly. It is killing me. But I, it means, again, growing the hair. So Not all of well, it. Well, no, you're kind of halfway there with a the mullet. I, like yeah, you've, okay. So you've got this sharp bob with a fringe at the moment. So all you've got to do is have the sides layered and have a little short mullet already. You know, like um, mm. those amazing skinhead hairdos that, 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 that uh, girl skins used to have, where they have the kind of, it's almost like a monk's cap with all the, f- the feathery bits around the side. Do you know the ones I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. epic. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I love those hairdos. 
I love the punk aesthetic that does come in. There's an amazing performer called Wet Mess who has a shaved hairline to the back of their head, longish hair, mm. so bald, but then two lovely horns of hair oh, amazing. sitting at the front. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Do you, either of you, and I've, you must have, have you got any great, funny hair stories? I mean, Lolo, should we start with you? Because you must have a few. I don't. This is one of the things that people really? ask me this and I'm like, I, I don't know. Um, there's I, no, there's like this... somebody stood on your wig and it came off mid-act or anything, you know, like, like the classic comedy. No, no one's been brave enough to go near it. Um, <laughs> the only thing I can tell you is that I tried to dye my pubes and my armpits to match my hair because it seemed like the sort of thing that I wanted to make happen. It's and really hard. It is really hard. All I did was end up with just like, because it went, it dyed, looked like beautiful emerald green for like a day. But obviously our colours, you can't get in permanent colour. You can only get them in semi-permanent, so it washes out instantly. Can't you just bleach your pubes, though? Yeah, you bleach your pubes and then you put the green on top. However, it goes from, and I'm sure Caroline has experienced this, it goes from emerald to swamp very, very quickly. And so it just looked like kind of Shrek had been going down on me for the last four hours. I want swamp pubes! Yes, sea kelp. I tell you what, it'd just be nice to have them. That's another thing that fucking falls out when you get older. Just warn you. Does it fall out in chunks or does it just get thinner? No, it just gets thinner. Oh, okay. But is it it getting lighter as well? Can you, you can dye it pink. No, but they do go grey. But I've been abusing my pubic hair for, since I was 19 with Brazilians and all sorts. So it's all Mm. a bit patchy anyway. Maybe I should, maybe I need to dye it as the one last gasp. Get yourself a little pink plush. (laughs) Uh, So the only hair disaster we've got over with Lolo is a, pube swamp story well that and i um, constantly dye my partner's pillows all the time every day i would be furious i'd make you sleep with a towel on no both There'd of them no way just and have i'd a buy you green, green towels no i'd buy you green towels i'd be like these are your towels the white no. ones are mine do you, green I you love it don't you yeah looking like someone's murdered the green goblin <laughs> <laughs> what about you caroline any um it doesn't necessarily have to be funny just any interesting hair stories Oh God. Um, well, I mean, I'm I'm quite boring in in comparison in that I just sort of let my my pubes grow. Um, <laughs> but I've actually never I tried no to trimming. dye them. Um, no, no I, trimming I, of the quim. I actually refuse to trim any of my body hair. So I have uh, armpit hair. I have full bush. I haven't yeah. shaved my legs since I think 1998. That's probably put yeah. an age on me. <laughs> but you said you were 35 earlier. Bollocks. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, no, I mean, listen, from you me, look about 30, woman. Sorry, sorry. See, that's I'll take an accident. That. Why does that happen? Can we address that slip up? Because I said to my husband this morning, I said, I'm really a bit nervous about having Caroline on. She's uh, there non binary. See, there it goes again. Is it offensive if somebody has a, a slip up like that? Depends on the person. For me personally, I answer to she or they. So if someone says she, I don't mind. If someone says they, I don't mind. For some people, mm-hmm. it can be quite upsetting and it can bring up past A memories and I'm things. Guessing. Yeah. So yeah. it's always worth to sort of check and and see how people feel about it and also a a mistake Mm. is a mistake an honest mistake you know if you react and sort of you know just apologize if if it is something that is going to matter to a particular I would feel dreadful if I yeah if I upset you I would feel so bad that's the thing though that's the thing speaking your truth and I need to be with you for that do you know what I mean that's exactly it you you have an honest reaction to it immediately in that you understand mm-hmm. and know why the pronouns thing is important so that that's absolutely fine to me you know because mm-hmm. again honest mistake it, it is fine mm. honest yeah. mistake and also I, um... when you correct it try the one tip that was really helpful is that if you're if you are apologetic about it your apology doesn't need to be longer than one word sorry correct move on don't turn it into something about you right that's okay. the best way of going through it yeah and it's a shame, really, that there is no non-binary pronoun other than than they, which is, you know, plural. It seems it has been historically, obviously, always used as plural. Maybe 10, 20 years' time down the line, it's going to be so normal to be used in a non-binary way that it will just be like he or she. That's what I'm hoping. Wouldn't it be lovely? 
Well, they has also been used as a as a signifier that hasn't always necessarily been plural for as long as anything in the human language. It isn't necessarily plural. That is just kind of one of the arguments of propaganda against non-binary terms. And oh, really? actually, there's an, See, another it's fun an thing. It's all the fun thing. And also, in terms of pronouns, the fun thing to think is that everyone thinks there's only three pronouns. There's probably between, I don't know, 50 and 100. What are they, Caroline, these days? Oh, no God. way. <laughs> Educate me. Come on, people. I'll go for it, Lolo. <laughs> oh, there are so many. Come that, on, Lolo. Um, you have to are... tell me some of them now. Well, because of the pronouns that we have kind of really um, only signify female, male, and something that's mishy in between. The same way like mm. LGBTQISX is expanded. This will also change over time. And there is so much, mm-hmm. there is already multiple pronouns that can be used. Like I had a performer last night whose pronouns are, who are fair and fair which is slightly different and because oh, these amazing. will these will align with more nuances within gender and more um things that are more specific to the person so at the moment they is what's used for everyone that does not apply to male or female or man or woman apologies um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there are other pronouns but this is very much a gateway and they um as a non-binary term makes sense but there are other gender associations that they for example they doesn't work for me uh neither does Mm. she neither does he but i use all three of them because it's what makes most sense to the people around me but as we start Mm -hmm. to involve and becoming more inclusive of queer humans in society and we'll see more of evolutions of gender uh pronouns i think i don't know if i'm overstepping caroline no, not at all. I, I think we're we're getting there. You know, we have a lot more mm-hmm. um, terminology that's starting to become known and accepted and understood by, you know, even out, outside of the LGBT community, you know, who are may potentially struggle with some of the terminology, which is, you know, more frequently used within the community. Yeah, there's other parts of the world that use terminology and have different descriptions that we don't commonly used like two spirit mm-hmm. which is i will feel like i want to say native american i'm not i'm not 100 sure on that one but it refers to i think someone that's got you know more than one gender within themselves and more than one uh, kind of like a fluid understanding of their own gender but we don't mm-hmm. i don't know how frequently that's actually used here if at all i think it does relate to a particular community but you know, we we are we're getting there. We are getting there. I mean, we've we now mm-hmm. we can use things like nibbling, and that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> What's nibbling? Sorry, I'm just um, such an ignoramus. I mean, it's almost embarrassing. Niece or nephew? You're not at all. No, sibling, sibling. Ah, okay. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, oh, that's cute. Sarah, uh, you're not listen. you're not an ignoramus at all. Honestly, a lot of this is, oh, is new you. to so many people in this culture. And the important thing is to listen and to do what you're doing, which is asking questions mm. and 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 not feel too upset about getting it wrong. I think that's the most important thing. Just correct and yeah. move on. It's just an ever evolving thing. And God, even though we're hell bent and buried into queer culture, I learn something new every damn day. That's very true. And we make mistakes as well. You know, we're just because we're part of the community doesn't mean, I mean, you know, I just forgot what nibbling meant, but, you know, we we (laughs) make mistakes. We don't always know the correct thing. I mean, I learn about new stuff to do with the community like every day. There is so much to learn Mm. and it's kind of the fun of it, to be fair. You know, we're always learning. It's part of part of life. Yeah. Well, I honestly, I think... What you're both doing is truly amazing, very wonderful. And I'm really pleased that my children are growing up in a world that has you two in it, frankly. So it's very important. Get out there and um, and just and be authentically you in ever which way that is. Um, I would love you both to basically shout yourselves out. Where can we find you? Um, social media platforms, uh, anything that you want to promote. Give yourselves a little promote, girls. Sorry. There it goes again. <laughs> Folks is an easy one if you're ever struggling. Folks, that's... Yeah, but then, then I think I sound like a hick. You, and lean <laughs> in, lean in hard. That lean folks, into the hicks. <laughs> um, folks, right, creatures, guys. angels, all those things. Oh, work. no, angels every time because that's what you've been today. Thank you so much. So, my angels, promote away. Caroline, you first. Oh, okay. So you can find my work as as helpful as it is all all over the place as a freelancer, but mainly you will find my work as 
editor of Cannabis Health News. That's where you'll find all the information you need about medical cannabis and CBD in the UK, Ireland and further afield. I've also written a book on ADHD, sex and relationships as well for women in the LGBT community because we are completely ignored by um, studies most of the time. So um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Caroline DeBarra, which is my Irish name. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Penny underscore dreadful underscore X, which... (laughs) Was my I'm original? Write that one down. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, those, those are the main places to find my work. Wonderful. What about awesome. you, Lolo? Um, so you can find me at Lolo Brow anywhere. That's L O L O B R O W. It's like eyebrow, but with Lolo in front of it. It was a terrible name. I was young and stupid and pissed. I like it. I I'm glad you like it. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. really grateful because I look back at it now and I was like I was 17 and it sounded a lot better than Lolo self-esteem <laughs> you can find me anywhere on any platform as Lolo Brow you follow my website is www.lolobrow.co.uk or .com I have all of them and you can find me performing all over London wherever um, the best place to find out where I'm performing is by following me on Instagram but if you want to see some badass performances I'm my show I'm one of the founders of a group called Lads and our show reopens after closing our doors for two years for the pandemic in March, on March 4th, March 5th, March 4th, one of those days. And tickets are almost March. sold out. I've got um, a few tickets left. So if people want to come on down and see the show, if they want to see some circus, some drag, some badass feminists kicking down doors sort of vibe, it's going to be your kind of party. And that will be at the Vault Festival. I think that's it. Oh, see me performing at Eve Wrestling, see me with HOB, House of Burlesque. Anyway, I've been to see Lolo live a couple of times now and you are absolutely incredible, you know, at risk of sounding like an absolute fangirl. Um, This is very nice, thank you. (laughs) It is absolutely worth going to see a show because it is brilliant. Honestly, do it. Oh, and I'm going to read your book. I didn't realise you'd written a book and I'm very, very excited. It's not out yet. Yes, I want to hear about neurodiverse sex. (laughs) We've brought these two fabulous people together. I feel like I've given birth. Listen, let me just go and get my phone so I can take a little picture of us three. Wait there, it's just over on the side. One, two, three. Thank you so much. <laughs> Honestly, people, you've been really great. Um, and it's it's been a proper education for me. I feel really honoured to have been able to talk to you both about your hair journey, your LGBTQ, all of that. I, I, it's been wonderful and like I said before, I'm glad that my children are growing up in a world that has you two in it. So thank you so much for talking to the Big Hairy Podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having me. The Big Hairy Podcast is brought to you by The Beauty Works, an innovative and affordable hair, skin and cosmetics brand, which is dedicated to clean beauty and high performance. All of their products are 90 to 95% natural and vegan wherever possible, using quality, ethically sourced ingredients in advanced formulations for people who care about their health as well as the planet. In keeping with the Beautyworks Clean Beauty Statement, the products contain no harsh chemicals or toxic ingredients, are free from parabens, dyes, petrochemicals and phthalates, and are not tested on animals. Join the Beautyworks revolution and love the skin you live in by visiting thebeautyworks.co.uk or follow them on Instagram at thebeautyworks. That's beautyworks with an X. Thank you for listening to the Big Hairy Podcast. I will see you in the next episode.